Welcome back, everybody, to the Star Wars podcast. And this is the first time we're really stepping away from Star Wars and Marvel, but we did it on a very special occasion here because uh, I think Tommy and I, Tommy was already head over heels for the series and the comics, and uh, I fell in love with this TV show. And I think all of you should too. So we will be talking about spoilers. So if that's not something you're interested in, if you haven't seen it, like more so than anything I've, I've talked about on this podcast, you need to watch this series. So go do that. Come back and uh, we'll walk you through it. And, uh, you know, I, I'm the original here, but I do have my clone. Uh, my clone here, Tommy. Tommy, how's it going? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm the original. <laughs> you're the clone. Um but yeah, I'm good. I actually, I had to call my my mom right before this podcast, make sure we weren't any sort of aliens that I had to worry about, that we, you know, we weren't going to go take over the world. I'd kind of be okay with it, though. I'd be, as long as we're like nice aliens, you know, we only punch a couple punches, no bloody punches from yeah. us. Yeah, we're not as uh, gruesome as, uh, as Invincible, but... Uh... Look, we're gonna we're, we don't we don't want to be gruesome here today because we've got friends, right? Uh, we uh, we we're do, we're doing our own little crossover here. We've got uh, the two hosts of the Two Dudes Watch Cartoons podcast, which I'll have their podcast in the show notes. So be sure to go subscribe to them. They do awesome stuff. It's Alex and Evan. How's it going, guys? Whoop, whoop. Thank you guys for having us. Yeah. We're excited to be here. Super pumped to be here. We are uh, actually together for the first time in a long time. Uh, Evan's on vacation, so we're excited to be podcasting together for the first time. So thank you for having us. Couldn't have picked a better show. We just finished the Invincible series finale late last night when Evan got in, so couldn't cover it at a better time. We're excited. I don't know how I like the in-person record yet. I'll, I'll let you guys know after, <laughs> after this. <laughs> are we well, going to be... I was going to say, at some point this summer, I am going to California, and I do plan on seeing Tommy, so we'll see if I can tie him down for an in-person podcast as well. Yeah. Uh, are we going to be the new guardians of the globe? Like, this is, you know, this is us. Me, us. Yeah, all four of us. Me and Alex talk about it all the time. We'll be like, all right, what superpowers would you have? Like, what would be yeah, your identity? We, we like to map out strengths, weaknesses, who's going to cover what area, because that's what you need in a good team. The Guardians of the Globe, we saw round one, they looked like a strong team, but, you know, they weren't the best team moving forward after that. I really fell in love with them, and my knowledge base <laughs> about this series was, like, zero, so that was short-lived. Well, look, if, we're, if, if we are the Guardians of the Globe, I think uh, uh, when it comes to podcasts, wouldn't, like, uh, Joe Rogan be Omni-Man, right? Like, that's how much bigger he is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> good example uh, or like ira glass or somebody <laughs> yeah we'll all be hanging out joe rogan's gonna show up and just and we're gonna we're gonna know the battle's on like we just gotta yeah. survive uh <laughs> but you mentioned the UFC moves on everyone yeah <laughs> yeah exactly you mentioned uh you mentioned the guardians of the globe and i want to touch on them because this is like this that's like the first thing that we're introduced in the show yeah um and what like the cool thing about amazon prime is you get the little x-ray option you can like pause and see who's playing and what i thought was really cool was i believe all of the guardians of the globe were played by the walking dead characters so i was like wow this is a nice little reunion uh robert kurtman got his cast back together to do the guardians of the globe and they're gonna be very important right uh <laughs> i totally missed that that's so that's cool amazing. yeah, yeah. There's a there are a couple other Walking Dead characters in the show that make it longer than uh, the the first episode, but uh, yeah, I thought that was like I was not expecting the turn at the end. So I, I think I be I believe 
I might have read like the first three volumes in high school, but I have no memory. Like I remembered some of the characters, but I didn't remember how uh, gruesome the show got. And uh, yeah, I was not prepared for all of that. Tommy, I guess I'm interested to hear like your perspective as a comic book fan and like how much you were expecting from that first episode and if it took that turn as soon as you thought. Yeah, and I think like to go over my overall thoughts of the series and, and get into that, it is interesting for me because I know at least what I think is going to happen based on the comics. I've read them from the beginning to the end. And going into that, I love how they introduced the guardians because they, they're not introduced, I think until like issue three, issue four, but I like that they push them right in the beginning. They get that out of the way, right in the beginning, the stuff with Omni-Man, the stuff with them, but they set them up as like, almost like they're the heroes. They're the first people we see. The first people we're introduced to, and I thought it was so good. The security guard was also such a good bit. I love the yeah. security guard. It's such a great way to start. I think it's a great introduction to the whole series because we've the market is saturated with superhero this, superhero that, and they build up this pretty epic team and Omni-Man, and you're like, oh, this is going to be cool. And the ending they have of that first episode I think is what really hooked me in, where I was like, oh, this is not what I was expecting. I. I like that they're exploring. I thought it was pretty ambitious of Amazon to kind of explore a pretty similar story in mm -hmm. this series and the boys. And I think I like where Invincible goes more. And again, I'm not familiar with the comics, but I think I enjoy this take on it a little bit. More. Yeah. Cause we had to come off watching justice league. We we're big justice league people. Sorry. All you Marvel fans. We love Marvel too. <laughs> But we, we were big Zack Snyder people. And so we just came off that. And so to see the Guardians of the Globe, it's like a very close one-for-one like one direct comparison. allegory. Yeah. yeah. And then they die in episode one. Spoilers, everyone. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Okay. But yeah. And it was so epic. I loved it because it really turned everything I thought about the show on its head in that moment. It was great. <laughs> and that's that's how it is in the comics. Like, And, and I'll probably keep saying that because it is it's so similar to the comics but there are drastic changes that are good and one of them is in the comics it's like issue seven when this happens and it goes from this right into what we saw in episode eight so it goes right from okay. omni-man killing the guardians right into like him then fighting his son and so it's like oh we don't know he's evil until that point like everything he's doing seems good i kind of mm. like that we are on that journey of like we're seeing him going bad slash already being bad more than the like the big heel turn, but it's such a moment in the comics and a moment in the show where you're like, Oh, this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think without that twist at the end of episode one, that's when like the hook sunk in. I yeah. was like, Oh, I, I mean, I probably would have watched it regardless, but like with that, I'm that's like appointment TV to me now. It's like, I need to know, I need to know what happens in the story. Appointment TV. That's a good phrase. No, it was, I had to watch every Friday. Sometimes they were out early Thursday night. Did you guys notice that? It was or was I crazy? <laughs> no, I, I always was, out yeah. sometimes early Thursday night. Yeah, somebody yeah. had messaged me and they're like, "Dude, the finale is so good." It was like Thursday night. I was like, "What?" I was like, "I know. I'm watching this right now. I had no idea." So, yeah, and I think it's such a good. You know, we'll get into Omni Man, but Omni Man essentially is Superman, right? Like that's that's the idea. Yeah. And when you talk about Superman, it's always like, how can you make Superman interesting? Because He's a very powerful creature. And, and the, the best Superman stories are those where it's like 
he has something emotionally wrong or it's like you have to find some flaw, some something that we can, you know, identify with. And I think they do that so well with like this guy. And you're like, oh, he's so powerful. And he goes and just murders all of his friends. I'm yeah. not going to do that to you guys. Uh, <laughs> thank you. For not murdering us. Stick yeah. around to the end of the episode, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's going to be the hook. The hook is coming. Uh, no, I really, because uh, I was even watching with, uh, I, w- I watched again the first episode with my wife the other day, and uh, she hadn't seen anything. And just watching it, she was like, oh, it's this is like, okay, I, I get this, like the first scene. She's like, okay, this is the Justice League, right? This is just yeah. like, a, and it's like, yeah, I man. think I think a lot of the show is like, okay, we're just kind of exploring very similar themes to other things. And it's like, what, what sets this show apart? And I agree mm-hmm. that that final hook got me. Um, oh, I was going somewhere else with that. <laughs> Save me time. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's what the, the point of that hook is. It sets it up. And the, and this is what that they do so well writing wise and, and Robert Kirkman in general, you know, walking dead goes to many places in the TV shows, but I've always loved him from the comics and he is mm-hmm. so good at making you feel instantly connected to characters. Yes. The, I was going to say that. Yeah. The I fact, think, yeah, you go. Oh, sorry. I just think no, it, yeah. you, he introduces so many characters and you just know, you feel a connection or know so much about them so instantly. And then he's able to like turn it on its head. Like we got attached to the justice league. Oh, this is the Batman type dude. Oh, he's pretty cool. Oh, this one can go through. You get so into them just based off of one or two fights and like an entrance scene from them and then uh, gone. Boom. They're, they're dead. But then in the next episode we get introduced. Oh, they weren't the only superheroes in this world. There's a lot of other superheroes. And I think they do a good job of introducing these people. And they had like, Story, every character had some sort of story throughout the whole thing and it never felt like bogged down or like too much was going on but this show fit in a ton of stuff in such a short amount of time i mean there was like several alien invasions in just one episode uh, there was like multiple villains taking over every day it was fun they fit a lot in and it didn't feel like for a cartoon it didn't feel super unrealistic at all for a superhero world as as much as you could say that yeah, and I think uh, I mean we, we've talked about some of the other Marvel shows on here, and w- one of my complaints typically is like there's just too much going on. Like, c- cut this <laughs> stuff out. Like, there's one central story. If we focus on this, that story will be so much more powerful. But this is an example of a show that was able to to encapture all these different characters and all these different story arcs, and it worked. It totally mm-hmm. worked, and uh, it's very impressive. I remember what I was going to say earlier. I think the best thing about this show, and Tommy touched on it a little bit. Um, the best thing that I got from it, it's the mystery of it all. Like, cause you yeah. do watch that and it's not even like, oh wow, this is like a different type of show. It's very gory. Um, but it, it's so much, it leaves you wondering throughout the entire season, what is Omni-Man's goal and why is he doing this? And at least for me, I'm like sitting there like really hoping he has like a good intention, you know? Yeah. It's same. like that constant pull. So I love that about this. I, uh, the first piece like clip of the show that I saw, I think I'd seen the trailer maybe, but I saw after the premiere, someone had tweeted that fight scene at the end of episode one. And I was planning to get to watching it, like getting around to it eventually. But after I saw that clip on Twitter, I was like, I have to, I want to know what the fuck is going on. Like, is this a couple episodes in, but then you go to Amazon and it's, it's like only the first two episodes are out. And so they start, like they plant that mystery. They plant the seed of that mystery right away. And it's that intrigue that I think makes this a lot more interesting than 
a lot of the other like superhero stuff that's out there. And the pacing for me, like episode seven for me is such a intense, like I feel intense because it's Omni-Man trying to get to his son, Mark, the entire episode. And you're Mm -hmm. seeing Cecil trying to stop him and the, how quick everything is and how everything is coming together. Everything Cecil has been setting up at the ends of every Mm -hmm. episode, the setup of the robots, the setup, all these things. And it's like, none of it is working. It makes everything is so well-written. Every character is so well-developed. And I, I've said this to uh, to Briz and Elrear of like, there's so many characters, yet I know where each character is going and what they, their motivations are in the show. This isn't even like from the comics. Like They're doing things outside of the comics. Like with Mark's mom, how much they developed her is incredible. I loved her storyline this season. Yeah. Yeah, I was so scared for her, like every step of the way. I'm mm-hmm. like, please be careful, be careful what you're walking into. I was scared for her and the the costume guy. I was oh like, my God. Oh, he's <laughs> he's gonna die at some he's point, right? Like, snap. oh please, don't let this be it. <laughs> Mark Hamill, the and the yes. voice we haven't even touched, but the voice cast is one of the best voice casts I would say of all time. Every episode, even the small roles, like Seth Rogen has like the tiniest role in it. Sandra Oh, uh, J.K. Simmons, like the it's just a star-studded cast from top to bottom. It's really, it's really well done. I was glad they went all out on the voice acting because it's fun, and especially like you said, Amazon has that X-ray where they show you when you pause who's playing who. And so there's so many times I accidentally figured out who someone was by that. And it just blew my mind. Walter Goggins was, I think the yes. first one. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's Walter Goggins. And it made me actually, I was like, I don't know if I like this Cecil guy at first. And I ended up really liking him even for all his, his faults. But when I found out it was Walter Goggins, I was like, Oh damn. I, it, I was like, this is so weird. They have great voices for everyone in the show. All right, this might be a hot take. I had this conversation with with Brizard last night, but the star-studded cast is great, but is maybe one of my gripes with the show. There are a couple roles that I don't think having a celebrity, having a very famous actor portray it, like serve that character super well. One being um, Ezra Miller. I don't like, I don't think, I mean, it was okay. It was an okay performance, but like, I don't know. It's not super memorable. I, I and then uh, the other one is the explodey guy, uh, Jason Manzukis. I think he's too just like <laughs> his voice is too grating. He like doesn't blend into the role. Whereas J.K. Simmons is a phenomenal voice yes. actor and can like you wouldn't know it's him if you didn't pull up the little IMDb thing on Amazon. Yeah, he's so. I mean, he's so great. It's funny. I just was watching. Infinity Train season uh, we four. Let's talk about that. Yeah, and the fact that he is in that in that show, he's this baby pig, <laughs> and it's like a giant baby pig. The levels, <laughs> and it's like I didn't know at first because his voice is so I well done. Either. Mark Hamill's another one. Like him as art, you can hear the slight changes he I, does. I actually didn't know that was Mark Hamill. I love Mark Hamill, so I'm mad I didn't catch that. Yeah, but the two that you mentioned are actually it's funny because I don't like either actor in in real life. Like I'm not a fan of either Ezra or Jason, um, but I do think with Rex, if we're looking at Rex with Jason, I don't mind it because Rex is supposed to be a, 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 a douche, you know, like he's supposed to be like <laughs> a tool. A tool. A tool. Yeah, yeah, tool and that's what, and his voice is totally very yeah. tooling. And Ezra, I was surprised that he didn't – it didn't sound like Ezra to me. I, it actually caught me mm-hmm. off is what he did with it. But I agree with you. I was like, 
do we need the big celebrity here? Like they're not adding they anything were, to this. There were some instances where it felt more like stunt casting. Like, oh, well, we also have this person. Well, yeah, uh, Justin Royalette. Oh yeah, that he one. Was, uh, he was. He had like what a few drunken lines. Yeah, that, one then, makes, <laughs> that one makes sense to me because he is like known for like voice acting. So you were cool with that, but not Ezra Miller. It's just I don't know. It just wasn't or John John Hamm yeah. as uh, the Steve the Steve the security guard. I love that. I, I missed that. I missed that. Oh no way! I love John Hamm too. Yeah. See, I I'm into that. I love. I love when those types of things happen. You just saw my reaction. I'm like, oh, I love John Hamm. How'd I miss that? Steve is, I'm telling you, I'm very nervous that Steve, the security guard, is going to die by the end of the series. But I hope he's just like, he's in it until like the last season. And they're like, all right. And he's dead in like a couple of seconds. But it's like, I love that they keep introducing him and his kid in random episodes throughout the series. <laughs> yeah. I didn't actually catch that till my second view through that that was the same security guard, honestly. I had like, because uh, sometimes week by week viewing, you forget yeah. those type of things. But when I watched it all yesterday, it was, uh, I was like, oh, I love this guy. <laughs> well, and his son was in the graveyard. His son was yes. like when they were doing the Digging thing, up Immortal. Yeah, yeah. Which, that's, there's so many characters. Like Immortal played such a small role, but also a big role. Like it's weird how they are able to straddle that line. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't have many lines or wasn't in much of the show, but he had a big presence towards the end. And this show does really good foreshadowing. There's things that like still haven't been explained in season one that I like the, it's a line or a sentence that I'm picking up on knowing where the future is. And I'm like, but I can't say anything because I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But it's like, there, there are things like that, that you'll go back after the series ends and you guys will watch and you'll be like, Oh, that's what they were setting up because there is a lot that they set up very cleverly that I can tell you, like knowing where, the, where I think they're going, mm. it, it, especially with immortal, like immortal was one where it's like, they mentioned him, but they never really talked too much about him. I'm like, Oh, there that's because he's coming. <laughs> like we better watch it. <laughs> uh, so I, I, it's, I, we talked about this uh, before we started here, but it, it is a little difficult to go episode by episode. So I, I think it is a good time to just kind of maybe focus in on a couple more, uh, of the other characters. I, I think we focus pretty well on the Guardians of the Globe. Um, mm -hmm. Tommy, where do you want to go next with the characters? Throw one at us. Yeah, I want to go with uh, specifically Robot. I think Robot is such an interesting character, and it's a storyline that, like, this is one where this happens way down in the comic book line. This is, like, you know Robot as Robot for the longest time, and then you it's, again, another big bomb they drop on you, and you see this, like, blob in a, in a tube, and you're like, wait, Robot's not just a robot? What did you guys think about this? What, uh, Alex and Evan, what did you guys think about Robot coming in? I really liked that storyline. It felt super interesting that he was almost kind of being set up or portrayed as like a villain. And I feel like it kind <laughs> of fit like the big finale of that storyline where he creates the new body. Was super interesting. But then it kind of fizzled out like there weren't a ton of repercussions for it afterward. It was just like more to come. Oh, the team's like, Oh, you did that. That's weird. <laughs> it was funny when they were freaking out, Yeah, but I, I caught subtle hints of like robot was into monster girl. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh my God. How he's he was jealous of Rex when Rex was like flirting with monster girl. And so I was like, I didn't piece together. He was making a new body for himself. But I pieced together that 
something was up. But like Evan said, they were building him to almost be like a villain-like character. And I was like, no, not Robot. He's supposed to be like logical and good and for the team. And then uh, it just turns out he was human like the rest of us. And he had human urges to want to live life. And it, it was really poetic and sad, their transformation from one body to the other. And the, the sad sack part was like, no, like, let me die. Yeah. You go live your life. And it was like, whoa, what? Why am I crying now? This is so <laughs> emotional. It was great. I didn't see it coming. And I think it's cool that they gave Robot the most, like, emotionless character. Like, such an emotional impact gut punch of a story. Like, I, I like that contrast of, like, Robot to emotionals. Like, he was in love. He did it for love. Ah, oh, it's great. <laughs> you were mentioning, I so you were texting me all the Monster Girl theory, and I was like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's happening here. But, yeah, and I think this is a good spot to talk about Monster Girl, too. But, yeah, I mean, what you're saying about Robot, it's such a, a cool twist because, yeah, you see him break the clones out of jail, and you're like, mm -hmm. what's he doing? Why? Why? And you start to see it's all for love. It wasn't evil at all. Or, you know, it, it's still, is it morally correct to break uh, bad guys out of jail if they're going to make you a new body? It's the Wanda oh, question here, right? Good. It's all it's all for love, but is it the, the right path? Yeah, I'll say, because a robot to me, like, of course he was still like a hero of the group as well. Like he does his own fighting, but he also, he stood, like from my perspective in the earlier episodes, he was more just like a, Kind of more like the Alfred type character where he's more of like the assistant to the other heroes and like uh, he was kind of their leader in a way. So, but that character, you see that character a lot in a lot of different comic books and TV shows and very rarely do they, do they get their own stories. So I, I kind of, I really appreciated that. It was, a, it was, a, I feel like the role he fit didn't usually get that type of storyline. So I was, I appreciated that a lot. Totally agree. I think Zachary Quinto as yes. an emotionless robot works super well. The casting. Yeah. This is what I'm saying is that <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying there are some instances where bringing in a big name doesn't deliver the best for the As role. you can tell, we got into an argument about this last night. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Zach, like you it's said, a very, Zach, it's a nitpicky thing, but like Zachary Quinto was calls. great for yeah. the role. I thought he was great. I also liked, and I didn't realize this when he when he turns into his new body, Rudy. I didn't realize that wasn't just Jason voicing. That's Ross or uh, Marklin, who's like known for like he's he's a Walking Dead character, and he's also like he played Red Skull in in um, uh, Endgame, I believe it is, and uh, also Captain America, Infinity Wars. Yeah, well, he didn't play Red Skull. He he did the voice acting after, and oh, he's known as like interpreting other people. Back. Yeah, he's I didn't known. Know. He's known for like, you know, being able to voice other people, other actors' voices, and it sounds like Jason. I'm like he, he had a good, good. Well, it uh, sounds like Zachary Quinto doing J. It's really good. I didn't know it was a whole nother person. I actually thought it was Jason. I told him, I go, I'm impressed with Jason <laughs> pretending to be Zachary Quinto. <laughs> that's what I said to my to my roommate Jason. I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> a really. Good, I was like, that's a. I'm actually impressed with this actor because, again, I'm not a huge fan of him. And then I looked it up. I'm like, nope, it's this other guy, Ross, who I'm now <laughs> super impressed with. Uh -huh. All right, you want to you wanna throw another one at us, Tommy? What, what's our next character here? Yeah, I think we touched on her. Let's let's jump quickly into, like, Monster Girl because she's one of my favorites. I love her story arc. The, the idea, and we didn't get into it too much, but the idea that every time she uses her powers, she loses 
bit, you know, she gets younger. She de-ages. She yeah. Benjamin Button. She... <laughs> so yeah. how old is she supposed to be? I think she said 25. it once. It was like 25 or 27. Yeah. It was okay. something like that. Yeah, I found it. Uh, I, I think that is the most, because there are, like you said, especially like the Guardians of the Globe, uh, there's so many of the Justice League type characters in there. But Monster Girl is one of the most mm-hmm. original concepts in the show slash comic book, I think. So I really did appreciate that character. And and even when they were like, uh, all right, guys, training's at whatever o'clock. Get ready. And she's like, uh, I'm not I'm not really fit for training. Like I can't just yeah. do this whenever you say, you know, like uh-huh. I have to use it in very specific circumstances. So I thought that was a really cool weakness for her. Loved yeah. it. It was unique, like you said. I, you don't really see anything like Monster that. Monster Girl's voiced by Gray Delisle, right? Who is the voice of Azula? Oh, I love Azula. Sure where you would know her from. Yeah, she actually voices um Airbender. She voices a uh, shrink ray as well. Um, okay. but we don't see much from Shrink Ray. I, I like Shrink yeah. Ray, but you know, she's she's, oh, she's just both them though. That's yeah. funny. She's like having conversations with herself at some point, then <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, Monster Girl's great. And like, there's I'm excited to see what they do with these new guardians in general. Like, they really built them as a team and, and getting them by the end of they are the, the team now. Mm-hmm. And I think Monster Girl in particular, she's she's the tank, she's the Hulk, right? And so, like, that yeah. scene, that big episode where we see. Uh, Mark get beat. We see uh, oh. Black Samson get beat. We see Monster when Monster Girl goes down with half her skull showing. I was like, and it, it was great because it builds up Battle Beast, who mm-hmm. was you know the giant lion thing that you guys see. He's big just, in the comics. I'll yeah. say this: this is like like Battle Beast is a really fun character because he's like he's not good. He's not evil. His thing is he's looking for so his his species is always looking for someone else to beat them. They, they want to be conquered in battle. So he's just going across the universe, just <laughs> looking for someone to be him in battle. And he really did kick ass that battle. I mean, he literally, and then he just left because it wasn't a good enough battle for him. Whereas like they couldn't have beat him. If he stick around, he, uh, they would have been effed big time. That was a great fight. That was one of my favorite fight scenes. I loved this for the fight scenes too, because as for a cartoon, there was so much blood, there was gore. It was realistic as to what a real life superhero fight. And I think like Evan said, it's interesting. It's so similar to the boys, but I think it did what the boys was trying to do better. If I'm being Mm -hmm. honest, which I really liked, I I, I was super into it. I think they focus the difference between this and the boys is they focus less on the superheroes being like greedy jerks you know like it's less on them being like it's less focused on the marketing of superheroes Mm -hmm. as the boys is but it's more focused on these are superheroes but their morals we're just in marvel and in dc it's always just assumed that uh the the superheroes have good morals and that's it there's no there's no thin line and it's like in here it's like Mm -hmm. the morals are are skewed sometimes you know they're just humans like us Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed in the finale episode um, when the new guardians are like, well, we can't just sit here. But then they also recognize we also can't face Omni, man. (laughs) So we're just going to go do like emergency services, (laughs) which is great. And and that was like, that was a very, like, like a very big character moment, I think for that team, because they have a huge chip on their shoulder, but it's like okay, they. It's like so story wise, 
you don't see that where they're just like, I accept defeat. I'm going to do what small thing I can. Whereas another story might have like thrown them to be beaten by Omni Man or something. So I, I really enjoyed that because it was a huge character moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Live action. I don't think they're making an invincible live action show or movie. Seth Rogen what? is. That's why Seth Rogen's involved. He's producing, directing. Um, How are you going to do both? That's crazy. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna do. He's like Batman has an animated show, and that was their their sure. their response was uh, there's live action Batman's while there's uh, you know animated ones. Yeah. Why is there a difference if we have both? Hey, um, that's a really good well, point. Well, think about yeah, Brian K. Vaughn. That's just an interesting tidbit. He said that his concept for saga the entire like world that he built he said the reason he built it he wanted to make a comic book that was impossible to adapt into a movie (laughs) (laughs) that was like that's really funny which uh i could it probably would work way better i mean obviously way better as an animated show it'd be very tough to pull that off but it it just allows for things like yeah i think that's why it might work a little better than why we love talking uh, about cartoons boys it's like there's you're not limited by the bounds of reality well you're not getting episode you're not getting episode eight you're not getting uh omni man holding his son up to a subway in in a live action Uh, show yeah yeah or honestly even just the him beating him to a bloody pulp you're probably not going to get that in a live action either because it it, that was gruesome and gory and just that whole scene was very like jarring and it's like the thing i love about this too is like it's scene by scene from the comics. Like there are, there's things they change. Right. But it's like certain iconic moments, like, like immortal getting swiped in half and like split. Right. That's straight from it. Like we, that's how that comic ended. That issue just ended with that. And he goes, we need to talk. And that's straight from the comics. And you're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Uh, Back Um, to where we talking about monster. Yeah. Yeah, I can get us back into. uh, So yeah, we'll talk about the, the new guardians as a whole, like any of the other ones, we talked about monster girl a little bit. If anyone has any more comments on monster girl, we talk about Rex. We can talk about, I, I think we can even throw Adam Eve in here. If we want to talk about yeah. Adam Eve and, and all that with a uh, Jillian Jacobs. Yeah. Well, I wanted to get, fans. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to we gauge you guys. Jillian. If you guys were more, um, Adam, like, uh, because we get our own little love triangle on the show, right? I'm teaming and, all uh, the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know where you're going with this question. All the way. Uh, yeah, Tommy, are you... What, are you uh, Adam... What, who are you going after here, Adam Eve? Look, we're just bros, you know? Talking <laughs> talking about chicks, right? Locker room talk. So, yeah, uh, just, Tommy, what, what, Adam Eve or Amber, what, what you got? Man, so... I will say Amber is way better in the TV show than she was in the comics. Um, she was more of like a prissy girl in the comics and they've made her a little more like it's, it reminds me of like um, if you play the Spider-Man PlayStation game where it's like they made MJ like uh, way more like down to earth as the reporter. And then like the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, instead of like the movie actress. So I like Amber a lot. I, I'm going to say no comment because I like, okay. <laughs> but I like I like both of them. All right, I will give a, a logical answer. I'm gonna say I think for Mark, as a superhero, dating another superhero would be easier. That's my personal take on it. That being said, I do really like Amber. I think Mark was a little bit of a dick to her. I think um, Am- I think Amber's great, but I, like I said, I think logistically, I think dating another a superhero dating a superhero is gonna be easier. And so. 
and Adam Eve's great, and they have good chemistry. So it's not like it's not like he'd be settling by any means. Yeah, well, I'm probably more of a, uh, and we haven't mentioned uh, Zazzy Beats yet, who plays Amber, and uh, just that alone, I, I think uh, I, I would love to see Mark stay with Amber because I love Zazzy Beats. <laughs> that's the only reason. I think that's where it's going, though. I don't know yeah. for sure. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, you do. do. <laughs> <laughs> but and and I think the thing with them, it's a it's a slight love triangle, and they didn't do much with it. They just they have that one or two moments where where we see Adam Eve go, right? Like in that one episode, we see Adam Eve go to Mark's room, and she she witnessed Amber and Mark kissing for the first time, and she you know. There's, it's going to be a slow build, which I love that. Like, we don't know where this is going between the three of them. And then you got William, who I just want to say, don't get me wrong, Mark was a jerk to Amber. But when he just got broken up with and they're in that car, and, and William, I, that's his name, right? Just checking. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. 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 His buddy, his buddy's like, listen, you were a total dick. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I don't know. I don't like roast my friend <laughs> right after they got broken up. <laughs> This is a good point. Yeah, that's usually not my first response. He was being like too too tough love for him. Uh, but yeah, poor poor Adam Eve here. Because yeah, you're right. She gets that scene where she comes in on on, Mar- on Mark and Amber, but then she also gets cheated on too, and that that happens very poor close together. Adam Eve, and, uh, but also, can we talk about how her power may be the strongest in the show? She can rearrange molecules. What yeah. the hell? That's that's some Doctor Manhattan level shit. Uh-huh. And yeah. I don't think she can do it on organic material. I could be making that up. If she can do it on humans, though, she's god level. But I think she can only do it on inanimate objects. But I'm still saying that's probably one of the more powerful uh, 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 powers in the show. Superpowers. I love it. You, I thought it was were, great. At first, I thought reading- it was like the Green Lantern thing. Yeah, you were reading my mind because I was just going to touch on that. In the comics, it is it is addressed more of her storyline. She was created by like a, a scientist essentially, and because oh. I believe her parents couldn't, uh, they couldn't conceive, and so I believe a scientist, you know, created this new life for them, and he put blockers on her, so she can't. You are correct. She can't um, use her powers on organic materials because he was he was afraid that yeah. she would be too powerful. There's blockers. Ooh. Yeah, I don't I know if that's that what they're doing for the show, but yeah, no, I mean it's crazy what she can do. She can literally, if I get up and I don't have to go shower, I can just like create new skin on me, which is weird because she did use it on herself. So can she, I don't know if the organic thing is is gonna gonna play because she scrubbed down her skin and stuff. So I don't know. One of the funniest bits in the show is in the finale episode when she reveals her identity to Mark's friends and they're like, Oh, oh. like she has this huge thing about like, <laughs> don't tell anyone. <laughs> don't tell anyone. Like I'm kind of a celebrity. <laughs> they're just like, they were like oh. oh, you can duplicate yourself. Right. And she's like, no, that's duplicate. I'll say this about these characters. Um, I don't, I don't know if they could do a good job with these secret identities. Uh, especially I think Omni-Man is the one who like, like, <laughs> Like they really at the end they're like, look, we're just gonna say that your husband died in the house explosion. <laughs> I'm like, anybody who's ever met that guy can take one look at Omni Man and know it's him. He doesn't even like have glasses like Superman. No, like it's just him. It's just him. 
What if he had a fake mustache? Like that was the bit. Like when he's, <laughs> he just takes off the mustache when he's in the normal form. Wait, wait, wait who would be Omni Man? Omni Man would have the mustache, or would his secret identity have the mustache? I think Probably Omni Man. <laughs> Just, yeah. so can't go into battle without. <laughs> so it's like a reverse identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what it should be is like because of his superpowers, he should be able to grow a mustache really quickly <laughs> when he needs, and then when he's done, he shaves it off. With and like, he's like, an, ah. an anime transformation <laughs> sequence where like there's stars shooting out of his fingers and like the Sailor Moon transformation. What if it was? Appears. Yeah, it was. What if it was just like a really intense? Like he's just like. And then just like one hair grows, and he's like, "All right, that's it. That's my identity." <laughs> that, oh, even that would be better than what he does. So yeah, it would. No, you're right. Yeah, one but, hair. But Adam, and Eve, Adam Eve's her name's literally Eve. <laughs> yeah, I know. It took me way too long to realize because I was watching with subtitles that because it's A T O M that like Adam Eve was a play on Adam and Eve. And it's funny because her powers are like creation. She can, oh God, I just made that. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I've really, all all the names in this, a lot of them are puns, which I I really appreciate. Um, Duplicate, obviously, Rexplode. I love all the names in this series. They are great. I agree. While while we're still talking about the Guardians, um, I don't know if I just like was not paying attention, but like what was the deal with Black Samson? Like he had powers, he didn't have powers. Like I feel like I missed something, and like I didn't care enough to like investigate more. <laughs> no, they never told us how he lost his powers or what his powers were, but he did get them back. And I'm not sure we saw him use them though. Did you? Yeah. No, I can't really think. I can't really. Tommy, can you explain what Black Samson's powers are? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't remember that being a thing in the, you know, listen, I mean, Black Samson was such an important character in the comics, guys. Well, it's like, it's like, it's kind of like the Iron Man, Batman thing. And, and they're kind of like, well, you don't even have powers. He's like, well, I don't need powers type deal. But I'm like, well, what do you have then? The online tells me. He got them at the end. powers back at the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. we (laughs) We never saw what they were. I wanted to see it was electricity because like that's what shocked him. Oh, but yeah. but the online is telling me that it is just super strength, super stamina, durability. It's just you know your typical no. yeah <laughs> average superpowers. <laughs> just to Blame. justify it's just to justify uh, why he he they don't want him to die. Like oh now he has super strength. It's okay now he can't die when he runs into battle, <laughs> which he almost did. Oh man. Uh, more guardians. I like. I don't like Rex because he's like a d bag, obviously. But I liked Rex powers. That's what okay. I'll say. I liked his abilities. I think the show was really good at bringing in not all some of your s- standard run of the mill superpowers you see, but they brought in some really creative ones too, which I really liked. His power, he can touch things and make them explode. I'm not. It was awesome. It was cool. I'm, I was into it, even though I didn't like him. I liked watching him fight. When we all meet up, should I pull a Rex and um, dump out all my milk and then put beer inside? And that's oh, we'll... like, is that what a Rex is? Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's clearly the only thing that Rex is known for. We'll we'll dump all our milk out and put beers in it, and that's how we'll drink our beers. Yeah, I kind of like that. That's fun. Fun way Perfect. to drink beer. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you got to do a thorough job of cleaning though, because I feel like if there's any milk left in there, 
that's not and, and there are cartons too right which uh yeah. i feel like maybe there's a bit of sog in there to the <laughs> carton yeah <laughs> you're so right i really like oh sorry no, go. i really liked war woman mm. you know as short lived as her run on the show was i just like the it was like combining wonder woman with like a, a batman tony stark alter ego yes yeah. I was intrigued. I would love to know more about that, like see more about that character. <laughs> that yeah. was such why they did it so dirty is they gave us such a snippet into their lives. And you were like, oh, this is so cool. I can't wait to see more. Nope, they're dead. <laughs> they literally, like, you know they had full backstories on these characters. You have uh, Martian Man with, like, the little yeah. girl that, like, like, all of them had, like, you could tell storylines that it could go into. Love and that's what's man. so great is it just cuts it before you have any chance to get to really know them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I loved Martian Man, and then I absolutely loved – one of the funniest parts was when Mark was going to Mars, and Cecil's like, hey, you got to watch out for the Martians. He's like, what? There are Martians? He's like, yeah, where do you think Martian Man came from? <laughs> like, that was so funny to me. Like, <laughs> um, Yeah, that was great uh tommy uh, what's our next character here yeah let's jump so we we touch on them is there anything else on on uh uh amber or william or adam eve i'll, I'll nix them if there's nothing else yeah 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 oh, they're yeah. there they're they're fun and you know they got okay. the, yeah let's jump Besides into yeah. <laughs> let's jump into our boy cecil yeah. oh I love characters where originally I don't like them, then I end up liking them because I think that's good writing. And Cecil's a good example of that. Mm -hmm. I think he's such an interesting character because he's not really scared of Omni-Man. Mm. Like, this dude's got the biggest balls in the world. <laughs> yeah, He does what has to be done. He's like, oh, we got to figure out how to stop an unstoppable force. I, I really liked that character. Yeah, I think my thing with Cecil, first off, it's funny. At first, I didn't know if I was going to like Walton, Walton Goggins as him. I was like, oh, I don't know if that voice fits what I imagined Cecil was going to sound like from reading him. But I love it. I think he does it so yeah. well. And how they show Cecil as like, he again, he's not good or bad, but he's by any means necessary. We just, we just came yeah. from Falcon and Winter Soldier. That was, you know, by, <laughs> by any means, whatever the outcome is, that's how his thing is like that scene at the end of episode eight, when he's talking to uh, Mark's mom and, and the whole thing of like, no, we can't, I can't stop this monster because this may be the only thing that destroys Omni-Man. And if Mark dies too, I, I have to, I have to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another example in that episode was he literally the mad scientist, Ezra Miller Cyclops people, he monster Cyclops. He was building. He like arrested him one episode. And then the next episode, he was like, actually, I, I know these things almost took out Mark. So I'm going to try to use them to stop Omni-Man. Like he does it good, bad. Like you said, he doesn't, he's any means necessary. He was, he saw the opportunity. He was like, these things almost took out Mark. He's like, maybe they could do something to Omni-Man. I like, I, I like, the progression we see of his character. You see him learn things. He adapts. It, it was cool. He was a great, a different addition. You don't see that in many superhero shows where mm -hmm. the government guy is someone you're kind of rooting for. If that makes sense, they're usually the villain against the superheroes. Yeah. And I feel like that character usually, like you guys touched on that character would typically 
back down from this type of fight. They're 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 more like, oh, I'm the rough and tough guy. But when it comes to like a real challenging threat, they're not really gonna like stand up against him. And this is a guy, like you said, he has he's got major balls. And uh, yeah, it, it is, he's almost like uh, he's like a figurehead for the audience a little bit because we all yeah. know like we know that this fight is basically uh, impossible from his perspective. But you're also like, well, you got to do something like you can't yes. just you, like and he's that kind of person. He's like, look, I, I, it's probably not going to work, but I have to do my best or else everything is gone. You know, yeah. so and that was a very believable role for me. The closest I would say to him is like a Nick Fury type, right? Like yeah. someone that like has these he's telling you one thing, but in his mind, he already has six backup plans uh in store. Like even like Mark's injured, right? Like after the battle with Battle Beast we talked about. And he steals the blood from Mark just because he's mm. constantly trying to have the one up on anything that possibly could happen. And I think he's a little embarrassed. Like Omni Man, like he said, snuck through his nose very easily. And, and Cecil wasn't able to figure out this was going to happen. Yep. Yeah. They really make you believe that, like, uh, as unmatched as he is, like, or outgunned as he is against Omni Man, that. Um, I totally lost. Like he has a shot. Like he has a shot. He has a shot. It feels like like he's like going into it when he's facing Omni Man. You don't automatically rule him out, which I think is a credit to how they set the character up. I totally agree. Totally agree because, like Michael was saying, you have to do something. And his attempts, you're like, oh, this is a good possible. Like he comes up with good outcomes. He's not mm-hmm. throwing shit against the wall. He's he's like, oh, these are well thought out plans to actually try to stop Omni Man, even though it's all for naught. He's really unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, I love Cecil. Um, do you guys have anything else on him? Because there's somebody I'm really excited to get to here. I love that he can teleport. I, I'm a big fan of that power. So while it's not his superpower, I love that the government somehow has figured out teleportation <laughs> and they only use it for their own selfish needs. That's like really realistic to me. So I like that part of it too. <laughs> he has a, like a lot of inside information. Like uh, in yeah. the finale, <laughs> he talks about uh, the tap water that everybody conveniently <laughs> drinks. The room. Wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. No, you're talking about it. That room why did he take Mark into that room? He brought him in, showed him it, turned it off, told him about the water, and they left. There was literally no reason for him to... Sh- it was like, we were like so marveled by it in the moment. And then when they left, we were like, wait, what? Why did he do that? <laughs> yeah, I think that was for the fans. Because like that's a big... Oh, the white room is a big thing in the comics of like okay. this room... And maybe it'll come in future play, but you're right. There was no reason. I guess it was like a trusting. Maybe it was an olive branch for Cecil to be like, Mark, trust me, be a superhero with me. I'll, I'll show you all my cards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, 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 it was funny because it didn't come off that way. We were very like, what? I want to <laughs> hang out in here more. <laughs> yeah. Cecil's great. Uh, uh, rest in peace, Donald. Oh, no. So oh, yeah, yeah, Donald, Donald yeah, that was sacrificed yeah. himself for the mission, though, and I I appreciate that. Yes, I will say whenever I see this character, and I, I gotta believe there he based it kind of off it. I just see Bobby from King of the Hill. Donald looks just like an adult Bobby. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because so I saw online 
an old King of the Hill episode where Bobby Hill is reading Invincible. a comic where it says Unvincible, but it it's Mark on the cover. It's 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 Mark. Oh wow! Also, and I was like, I'll That's just ever ago. Side note here. Um, I, I've mentioned that I'm going through a Walking Dead rewatch, so I'm kind of all in the Robert Kirkman universe at this point. But uh, there, uh, Invinci- the Invincible comic uh, is in the Walking Dead show. You see Carl reading it at one point. So, yeah, that's what? Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Tommy, do you have anything else on Cecil? Or are you ready to move on? Yeah, I think for me, Cecil is an interesting character. He's our our eye into the government, how they handle things. I think his relationship with everyone. I like that they've made him a little more emotional than I think he was in the comics. Like he still is going to, like we said, do the any by any means, but at least he's like understanding that it's messed up what he's doing. Like when he gets those robots, it's like he understands that this guy is garbage, but he's using this garbage mad scientist anyways, because he needs to. Yeah. Other than that, what's the next character you wanted to talk about since you're excited about them? I'm curious. Okay, my favorite character in the show, um, Debbie, right? And again, she's the kind of character that um, no real power. And and, and she might be like, she doesn't have the government behind her back. She doesn't have superpowers. She's just a concerned mother and wife. And and at the same time, she's also not one to back down from uh, any given situation, which I think that makes her one of the strongest characters in the show. and I and I mentioned it before we started this, but I was so worried about her throughout because I want yeah. I was rooting for her. I wanted her to figure it out, but I also kind of wanted her to stop digging so much because I knew how dangerous it could be. Mm-hmm. I agree. She knew her husband. Like I, it's like the Lois Lane, where Lois does trust Superman, but for all there's really you can trust Superman. He's giving you no reason to give you worry. But she's like Lois going up against Superman. Like, no, you're wrong. Like, F you. Why would you do this? And she doesn't back down. You're right. That that no fear mentality is really strong in her because she knows what he can do. She knows what he's capable of. But uh, she's very trusting that he won't. That's the best term for it. I was going to say she she knows, but I don't think in her wildest dreams she would have thought that he saw her as a pet. Like, I don't think – like, that last episode that was way he, heartbreaking. Yeah, I think he's st- she still felt like, yeah, she, he's doing bad things to all these people, but he's never going to do it to me because he loves me. He cares mm-hmm. about me and Mark, regardless of what he does to the other people in the world. I can sit here with this bottle of wine and throw it at him, and I know he's not going to do anything to me. Like, she was, she was, you know, calling his bluff, but I, you know, think he might have. We don't know. I don't know what he would have done if he really felt like he needed to get rid of her. I think he, he would've. probably would have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Watching the way he whooped on Mark in the last episode, I don't see why he wouldn't have if she really was causing him that big of a problem. I think she was right on the point of getting there, if I'm being honest. But uh, ooh, it was hard watching him talk about her, especially because she was watching. That's always hard when someone's listening to someone talk about them and they don't know. But he was obviously just saying such like cruel and awful things. He's like, of course I love your mother, but more as like a pet. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, you did That's not just say that. that and, and for Mark too, like I imagine like your yeah. dad talking bad about your mom in such a like aggressive degrading. way, degrading yeah. is such a good example. And it's, uh, it, it, it's brutal. And it I was. think the thing with Debbie too, is like what I love about her whole investigation is the fact that like she was us 
discovering it, right? But I love that like the show makes you feel like Omni Man got away with it, and then you realize like no, everyone kind of knows he did it. Like Cecil, he's been aware this whole time. Damien, yeah. he was basically on it too. Like everyone oh, knows he did it. Him. It's just like it's getting Debbie to realize it too. I think is like she had to go through the, the yeah. But in the comics, is there an element of him wanting to get caught? Because of all places to hide his costume, he puts it on on top of his stove or like he was like, so like, mad it was on just on like, the bookshelf the cupboards. They, the man like, who has that's the to smoking the gun. Yeah. So that's more that's more show. Like the whole the whole investigation of people finding out is the the show doing that. In the in the comics, like I said, it's all very quick. That like they die, and then in the next episode, he reveals all his plans. So like, no one has time to like. They find out right when Mark's on the ground bleeding out. Like that's when everyone's like, "Oh, Omni Man's evil." And so, yeah, the him being caught. But I will say they do more with. We'll get into Omni Man, but like with his um, reasoning, there's more of why. There's not a sense of urgency of why uh, his alien race sent him to Earth. It's like it's more of a pilot program that they sent him there, and it was a long-term plan. There was it was like you were slowly weakening them over time, um, as opposed to here where it was like he was like, "All right, I just want to get off this planet. I'm itching." And the sh- the sh- comics do it more of he got used to the habitat a little bit. Like he did start to forget his plan, but then when he saw Mark get his powers, that kind of yeah, restarted it all. That for him. jumped him because. It brought him back into the mission. He said, oh, I will instantly mark getting his powers in his mind. He says, I either now need to tell him what Viltrum's all about for real, or I'm going to have to take him out because he'll be, he knew as soon as Mark, I think he got to a point where his life where he was like, oh, I don't think Mark's going to have powers. He was 16 years old. He was like, he might not have them. People on my planet have them way earlier than this. So he, Mark getting his powers really threw a hiccup in his whole plan. He was coasting. And Mark getting his powers made him have to make a decision he wasn't ready for. Yeah, because I assume that it was – listen, I don't think there's a ton of Earthlings slash Vol- Voltrum conceiving. So I'm assuming this was an unt- – they don't know what the outcome would be. They don't know if they'll have powers and stuff. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think he kind of forgot not, – not forgot his plan, but you know, it was more like – once Mark got his powers, he now has to step in. He now has to yeah. do something. Yeah, I think this is probably a good transition from Debbie into the whole family, really. Um, because mm-hmm. I think I, I, it's really a lot of the family element that gets me. And as yeah. like the resident dad of this group, um, I can't imagine. Like, I think that's the scariest thing about Omni-Man throughout this entire series is how quickly he was able to throw his family away. And we did see a little bit of sympathy crack through. But the but that turn and the way he treats Mark, it's like that is the saddest part of the entire show. Like there's there is like a, a, again as a parent, like there's literally nothing that could ever make you want to do that, you know. And it's mm-hmm. just like so. It's like the most horrifying thing I've seen on TV in a long time. I think it was really good at showing that Superman complex, where like Superman doesn't do that because he is raised by humans. But it very well easily, he if adult Superman comes to Earth, he'd be like, oh, these are all just ants to me. Like, they are mm-hmm. nothing. And I think it really showed how he it, – it, it was a show, not tell, of how he really doesn't care about these lesser beings. 
Yeah, and it feels justified. Like it, it does feel like a hill turn. But when you learn the way he was raised, where it's like you literally destroy your neighbor if you think they are weak. If they are weaker, than, like if they are weakened, that you don't yeah. think they they are a good example of um, your race, you are going to just kill them. Mm. That's pretty frightening. One thing that really scared me in the finale uh, and like the future for the show. Um, because Mark has a comment towards the end that is very similar to that, where he's like, when he's talking to, uh, uh, Seth Rogen on the moon there and, uh, he's like, well, the now I'm, yeah, now I'm seeing that, uh, this is all just such a small part of everything else. Like, and when he said that, I was like, don't start thinking like that, please. <laughs> I don't like that, that you're sounding like your dad. It's <laughs> a good point. Um, I didn't think about it like that. But so we talked about Omni-Man. We haven't even really talked about Mark. I'm I love Mark. I think Mark is literally what most people would be like if they got superpowers. You know what I mean? I wanting to be a superhero. I I Mark's a great character. I love um oh my god, Steven Yoon. I I couldn't think of his name. I'm sorry. I I love him from The Walking Dead. I I've been obsessed since the first episode. So, I think he plays Mark great. Even just subtle moments too, not just in his big voice acting moments, but he's he's awesome. I think his strongest character, like moment of characterization, though, is unfortunately when he's getting his shit kicked in by his dad, where like he doesn't give up. He stands virtually no chance. His face is all fucking mangled up, but he gets back up and like he does what's right. Um, not to like sympathize with the villain in this <laughs> scenario, but like I imagine as a parent, that must be the most frustrating thing is like. I know so much more than you. You are a like you are an infant. You are so naive. Just like do what I'm telling you. Like it'll be okay. Not that what you I'm are totally sympathetic. It's like I'm I'm saying as a like that dynamic as a parent must be like super it's frustrating. Realistic. Like yeah, it's realistic. I like that that anger he has in that yeah. scene as a parent. It's just like just freaking listen to me. Like do what I tell you. I'm not that misguided. And that line where it's like, um, (laughs) where he's like, what are you going to have in 500 years? And he goes, I'd have you. Oh, oh, Omni Man, you goofed. (laughs) He loves you, you fool. Um, I will say it was funny. So I was watching the last episode on my phone, which I'm going to rewatch on a TV, but they have Amazon trivia that I saw. And one of it, when the, the scene where they flash back to the baseball scene with Mark and uh, Omni-Man, they, they show uh, there's a trivia that pops up. That's like, yes, that third baseman is number third, most powerful uh, thrower after Omni-Man and invincible. Then it's that third baseman. I'm like, that's a pretty funny joke. <laughs> that's so random. <laughs> yeah. It was like, why that's the trivia you decided to put here. <laughs> the third most powerful thrower in the show (laughs) but yeah i mean i think invincible right that's what the show's about we we don't get introduced to him until like after we get introduced to the guardians after we get introduced to omni man all these people and it's like he's overshadowed and it's like here's this guy and i love 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 the bit that they have never said invincible in the show. And every time they go to say invincible, they go to the title seat. The t- title oh, yeah. I, I noticed that I love the cut to it. I didn't notice they never say it, but that's cool. I like it a lot. And the yeah. blood, the, how the blood, the blood gets, gets uh, more and more each yeah. time. Yeah. yeah what are they going like... to do in the season two? Are they going to yeah. just like throw a body at the screen? Like, yeah. <laughs> I saw something on, uh, I saw something on, on Twitter. It was a meme. And uh, the caption was, 
the title card for the premiere of season three of Invincible, and it was just a red. It was just the color red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I I thought that was it. I feel like that was a Robert Kirkman decision because uh, they also do that in The Walking Dead, where the Walking Dead logo kind of changes over time and kind of dissolves. So yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. I just like once again the contrast between the word invincible and then like more and more blood spatter because I I like the contrast of that. The same thing I was talking about with robot. I like when things starchly contradict each other. Yeah. So that's just a great addition. How it gets more and more each time. How did you guys feel about the like the gore? Like I really loved the action in the series. I would put it on par with like a like an anime, like a Dragon Ball Z, like. That's the the speed and, and thought that goes into the like the fighting scenes, which I really enjoy. But I felt they could. I don't know. There were moments where the the gore um, worked super well story wise. I think uh, in that last episode and in the first episode, like just sheer shock value and plot twist. Um, in some of the in between when he's like when the first time he fights the robot on that campus, I was like. I don't know. I feel like less is more like it's not super important to this. To, I don't know if that's just something that comes from the comics I, though. That I'll say this because I th- I think the boys probably struggles this more than anything. And I feel like they are probably more of like the gore for sake of gore type deal. Mm-hmm. But for this, I, I can't really think of a moment where I was like, Oh, that wasn't completely necessary. And I, I it, it was either one of two things, either it was to like prove a point. For instance, there was a scene when uh, Invincible's trying to save uh, an older woman and like she gets completely like crumpled in his hands. And then in the finale, again, he's trying to save that mother and daughter from the falling building. And then when he comes out of the rubble, he just got one of their limbs. And those were two yeah. powerful moments. And like, here he is, he's doing his best to save people. And because of his dad or other elements, he's not able to. And I, so there's either moments like that or the other types of moments where maybe it wasn't completely necessary, but it was very inventive. Uh, and uh-huh. I think like the guardians of the globe, yeah. like I feel like that had to be gory to show like mm-hmm. the extent of Omni-Man or what he was capable of. But at oh, the yeah. same time, it was like each of those kills were so inventive. You know, it wasn't just <laughs> like, Oh, here's brains and guts. It was like, mm-hmm. it was smart the way they did it. Like I, it was smart gore, which I never thought I would say. Yeah. For me, <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah, it's definitely the comics are super gory. And that was the thing going in when I heard that they were going to be R-rated gore. I was like, this is going to be good. They're going to do this justified. Um, and it's cool. It's the first, you know, like U.S. animated, I believe, that's like go, goes to that level. It's not an anime. It is an animated mm-hmm. show that goes to that level. I do. I, I do. There's times where I'm like, uh, but at the same time, I do think that each time they go to that gore level, it is used for character development, because I think it is pushing that theme of you are invincible, but the world isn't invincible and you mm-hmm. have to watch because your actions have drastic consequences. Yeah. You touch someone in, in a wrong way. You could destroy them. You could uh, uh, push them into oblivion. And so I do like that. It's like death is, is pushed almost to, it, it's not, dramatized death happens like that that's gonna happen uh-huh. to anyone like that in the real world so i like that in the invincible world it's just like that to the yeah. extreme because they're super powered but I, I i like how death isn't seen as like um they're afraid to to put death in the show you know uh-huh. like that's walking fair. dead i think they do very similar things in walking dead where it's like any of your characters could die at any time you don't know what's going to happen and i like that they're like not holding their punches there and they're like listen 
You like you like uh, Donald? Well, he he oh, might not be around. Or Red Rush is your favorite superhero? Oh, guess <laughs> what? He's gonna break both of his hands trying to punch Omni Man in the chest in Episode One and then die. Uh-huh. And it works for Mark's character too, of like invincible throughout season one. We see him get a little ego, and I love. I think the turning point for me is that mm-hmm. episode with with Titan, who I love. Titan, he's he's a great uh, one one time uh, character they bring in. The guy who can uh, you know put rocks all over his body, turn to stone. Well, they showed him at the end too. We can talk about that in a second, but um, I liked him too because it looked like he was trying to do the right thing and get out of the crime. And then it turns out he was just being greedy and he used Mark. It was, I liked it because I, I, I believed him too. I was like, Mark, I was like, Oh, let's help him and his family. This will be good. And then nah, it turned on a dime. That was a cool story. I liked machine head. I liked how machine head bought villains and brought them in. That was a good episode. And think about it. Theme wise, it shows Mark's read on people that sometimes he's going to have the wrong read. Maybe even Mm -hmm. on his dad. Who was the only person that was questioning Titan and his intentions? Omni-Man. Omni-Man was yeah. clearly he's playing you because Omni-Man's been playing everybody. Omni-Man can call him. <laughs> it's like, what do they say? That saying of like, you can call another hustler. It's like, he knew exactly yeah. what Titan was doing. And Don't it, BS a BSer. Yes. And and I love that. Of like, it's just showing that like Mark still has a lot to learn. He is strong, but he is sometimes going to make the wrong decision. And maybe helping Titan wasn't the right decision in that moment. No, definitely wasn't. He almost died. <laughs> he literally almost died. <laughs> it was a really bad decision. Monster Girl got effed up. Well, just talking about it, because we touched on it earlier, but that that's that kind of middle scene where a lot of the new Guardians got their butt kicked. Um, I thought it was interesting. That was another moment that I, I, keep, I keep forgetting this happened, but uh, that was almost a fight designed by Omni-Man because Omni-Man is watching this fight from afar and he doesn't come in and save the day. What he does is he reports it. They get, they get an anonymous tip to the new guardians and the new guardians come in. And I think Omni-Man knew that they probably weren't winning that fight, uh, which again, that was like, uh, that was his second attempt of, of eliminating the guardians of the globe. Yeah. He's a sneaky son of a bitch. Yeah. Oh man, I didn't think about. I was. I thought it was weird. He was watching too, but I didn't think about the him sending in a tip instead of him just going in himself. Well, they said it was an anonymous t- tip, and they never came back to it. And the only other it person that knew him. it had yes. to have been him, which I it think shows the little bit he cares about Mark. There's there's a little bit of him that you see it there. You see it when he flies away. He has there. There's something with Omni Man. I would assume, right? Like it's like he, he's questioning what he's grown up knowing. Yeah. See, I don't, I disagree. I don't think that was that scene at all. I think it was quite the opposite. Cause he, again, he could have stepped it. He saw the fight. He could have stepped. Um, we yeah, see Omni-Man. He can destroy Agreed, anybody. He could have stepped in. That's too, that, that'd be like such a heel turn. If he like stepped in, I think it's like, he's showing like the 1% of care. I'm talking about like the littlest care. Yeah. It'd be like, you see a, a man getting mugged on the street and you call the police instead of like doing anything yourself. It's like that kind of attitude. It's like, well, I don't want to see him dead yet. The 1% he did at the end. He just flew away yeah, instead yeah. of killing him. True. But, or taking him to a hospital. He didn't drive, he didn't take poor Mark to the hospital if he cared about him. He just flew away. Mark still could have bled out on that, that snowy mountains. Poor Mark. 
Uh, that uh, okay. I am mad at the new Guardians of the Globe here because why did they not step in? I know that it was a it was an uphill battle for them, but come on, no, <laughs> don't do they it. Like if your watching. boss says no, what are you gonna do? I, I just felt like uh, look, it's the Cecil thing, you know. Cecil was never backing down, and they kind of I kind of felt like they were back. I mean, I guess he backed down by telling them not to go, but um, I don't know. Just he didn't get in want there. them to die. They're going to die yes. if they take on Omni-Man. And in his mind, he's like, I need people. I need people to guard this globe. And I think they made the right, the right choice. Them. <laughs> I think they made the right choice, too, because it's like, they would have just been fodder. If they if they went into that, they yes. would have just died instantly. Yes. Instead, they, made, smart. They, they maybe saved hundreds of lives. That wouldn't have been saved otherwise. Instead, they would have just—they would have lost their lives as well as the the hundreds of lives that potentially they saved by going out and trying to fix Chicago. I feel like Cecil probably saw them as more of a hindrance to Mark <laughs> stopping Omni Man than uh, being a help. Yeah, really, the only one that could have maybe stepped in was Adam. Even if she didn't have those yeah. blockers, she could have just turned Omni Man to steam, and then that would have yeah. been the end of it. <laughs> Yeah, there's um, got to be a rule there somewhere where she can't like affect Viltrumite. Uh, yeah. No, well, she can't affect the organic material. Right, I, I, yeah. I remember they mentioned it very briefly in the show, That's and I was true. like, this caps her power. Because yeah. then I was literally like, oh, my God, she's Dr. Manhattan. What's going <laughs> on? Yeah, put a cap on it. Is there any other characters that you guys want to touch on briefly before we jump into like where Demon it can go? Detective. Demon Detective. Yes, Demon Detective. I, I was waiting yes, for him to come back. What happened? so great. Damien. Damien Darkblood. That was his name. I love that he had a demon name. Like, what was his human name? Or was he ever human? I don't know. I love that, though. I love when stories treat the audience smart. We didn't need a backstory for a demon detective. He's a demon, and he wears a detective hat. And we knew what he did the whole series. I loved it. I was What's all about it. What's his deal? It. He's a demon, and he's a detective. <laughs> yes, yeah. it was great. Cool. I like it. And I he solved the case. He's so smart. He knows what he's doing. I'm sure he uses magic. I don't want to say that's cheating, but it was great. I loved him. Good Clancy Brown him. as the voice, you know, Mr. Krabs. I, Mr. Krabs. I missed that. I totally missed that. He's he's in everything. There's certain voice actors where it's like I'm starting to they're, they're just in everything. You're always gonna see Clancy Brown. You're gonna see um Tom Tom, the voice of SpongeBob is in Tom Kenny. I don't know who does the voice, I don't know his name, but the voice actor for the, the twins, the clones. And oh, this he's in we haven't talked about the clones. The clones are pretty great too. You guys did the bit at the beginning, which was funny. I enjoyed that. Um <laughs> But I loved, and we talked about robots thing, and, and the clones really bleed into robots story. But the clones not knowing which one of them's the clone and thinking the other is original is so classic because <laughs> one will die and he just always does it to himself again. I don't know. I, I thought that was a good clone storyline that you don't normally see because it's something that would probably happen realistically if you're cloning yourself quite often. Yeah, and I, I love too that they are the type of villain that could just be brute strength, but they're also yep. super intelligent. Mm -hmm. Like I the like fact they too. use each other as like their whole thing of like, we can just reclone each other. So like when they use each other as like shields, essentially, they're yeah. like, I'll just, I'll, I'll bring you back. It's fine. Sorry, brother. I love it. It's great. They're a great addition. That's what each character here is very unique in the sense that they're playing some sort of superhero sci-fi trope, but they're, but they, the, the story does a good job of putting a very unique spin on them. 
which I enjoy. Nothing is very like face value. Uh, the voices of the Maulers is Kevin Richardson. He voices, uh, I believe, he voices uh, Cleveland on the the Family Guy. Oh, okay, oh, okay. Yeah, nice. Love that on the Family Guy. He on says. the Family. <laughs> well, you know, I saw it on the Twitter and uh, the- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I love the Mahler twins. I mean, each character, even you guys mentioned briefly, Alan, the alien, but I, I love Alan, the alien. He's a, he's a fun character, uh, and the coalition of planets. He, he talks about this coalition that's against Vault, Vault, uh, you know, and I think that kind of leads us into our next part of like, where does this go? They set up tons in that montage. That, that conversation with Alan, the alien shows everything where potentially it could go. The montage. The montage Beautiful. <laughs> Amazing ending because he goes, what are you going to do now? Cut to all these things that I was, that was what we were going to mention about uh, Titan is Titan is fighting a spirit dragon. That was wild. That came out of nowhere. And I didn't know. I was very shook. I almost thought we were about to get that story, if I'm being honest. But then they flash through all the things that are setting up to get like revenge. And then he goes, probably finish high school. (laughs) That was great. That was like really funny. My favorite tease from that was the the mad scientist and the lava monsters. He's like, oh my, I totally forgot about this character from like episode two. <laughs> Doc size, Doc sizes make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love the, the quick montage and and I think like Titan. He didn't mention that there was a kingpin other than uh, Machine Head. He said there there was a. That's what so, it is. But that was wild. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, no. I and I think it's so clever because it's like. Hey, if you want another one, give us another season. This is what this is. We're showing you our cards. We're showing you what we have planned. I thought it was really ambitious. Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm good. Go ahead. Um, I thought it was really ambitious writing of them for uh, Invincible. That that conversation that they have on the moon, that felt like 15 minutes (laughs) long to me, which this is like a half hour show, right? It felt forever. I'm like, oh my God, they're really just not having like a TV abridged conversation. They're just literally talking for like 10, 15 minutes. I was like, that's bold writing for the finale episode. It's not like a super action-y thing, but then they, they did throw in the teases as well. But that just like from an out, like uh, out of body perspective, like that's pretty entertaining that, that they're going to end on this note, knowing you yeah. want more action. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I love with that, like Alan, the alien, like, he obviously has never moved his mouth because he's just talking telepathically, but his eyebrows give so much emotion through what, if you watch, like they animate him so well, his eyebrows do like a double eyebrow. It does like the single. It's great. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And I guess this does kind of fly into predictions a little bit, but uh, I I, I do feel like Alan, the alien, because I mean, obviously there is a lot lot set up there and I think he will play a key role in like the connective tissue of Mark and the rest of the universe really. Um, And and I guess if I had to guess where it's going to go, I have no idea, but it sounds, I I could see them even pulling off like a a guardians of the galaxy, if you will, rather than a guardians of the globe where he's kind of linking up with these other planets and the heroes of their planets to take down. I like that. Yeah. Strongest in the universe. Yes. Tommy, you don't have to confirm or deny, but I feel like where I see this going is that it'll be somewhat of a redemption arc for Omni-Man and how he ends up back on the side of Invincible oh. against the pending Viltrumite invasion. 
I didn't see that. I, I saw the climax of the whole series being Mark and uh, Omni Man fighting again. So okay. I, I, I didn't think about opinions. it that way. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. That's cool. My but prediction. That's is- what's that's what's great about this. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, my prediction is that Art is going to become a superhero, and he's going to be uh, called the the costumer, and he's going to shoot. He's going to uh, tie people up with clothings, and they're going to be like, "Oh no, the costumer as, got us again." As long as uh, Art doesn't leave the show, I will take the yeah. costumer. So. Oh, can I make a, a a bold prediction? Please. I called this last night. Mark's mom goes and visits Art. And I said, Art was drinking, and I said to these two, I go, if Mark's mom says, pour me a drink, they're going to sleep together. And I kid you not, 10 seconds later, she goes, pour me a drink, and the scene ends. And I go, season two, they're sleeping together. I'm calling, <laughs> calling it, and it's like, well, no, this is what I compared it to. It's like the the guy dies in war, and the wife ends up sleeping with his best friend, and they end up getting married, and he comes back. And it's like, oh, no, my best friend. Uh-huh. How could you do this? I think so. I'm calling that off of one line <laughs> off of her saying, pour me a drink. Well, hold on, because maybe this wouldn't even have counted as a bold prediction, because that is quite bold. But I thought it was going somewhere completely different. I thought she was going to ask for a suit. I thought oh, we were getting super daddy. Oh, I didn't. I had that suspicion when he was selling that one suit, and then they had that scene together. I was like, "Is she? Is he? Is she going to ask for it?" Oh, but I, I guess two things can't be true. Let let, let her get her goods. Well, both your theories in that one suit. I was going to say both your theories. I think are saying that she's asking for it. Tommy. Oh man, no, but um. I like that theory. I don't know what she would do because she doesn't have superpowers, but she's yeah. gonna try her damn best. Just get her like an Iron Man suit. Like ooh, yeah. Or Black Samson. She becomes a yeah. new guardian of the globe. One of robot suits. Yeah. Oh. oh yes, exactly. Uh um, I do like with Debbie how they handled her grieving at the end. And they really I, I was surprised they showed that and didn't wait till season two. But I love how she's just like, she's in it with Mark when she's like, I'm so proud of you. And the minute she can get alone, she's just, anytime she's alone, she's breaking. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, the whole series was really good. It felt super emotional. It felt, um, you could, like I said, on the emotion side of it, you really felt what they were going for. It never felt like they were trying to force feed you anything. Mm -hmm. It was very show, not tell of of these things. And I really enjoyed that. Just the scene of her crying in bed, Mark coming up like, what do you want for dinner? Oh, she's okay. Like that. Close that's realistic. That's really good. Yeah. Yes, slow, no. ooh, slowly yeah. closes the door. Yeah. Well, they do it all. I mean, even with like Rex and Duplicate uh, having an affair, like that mm-hmm. was hinted in like episode one or two, I believe, where it's like he like is on the call with – um with uh adam even like you can hear like someone in the back like you you get hints of it like knowing what i knew i was like oh this is this is mm-hmm. what's happening there um it, it's just so clever this the series as a whole really is a- everything every character is on 100 and in the urgency this is feels like very fast paced which i liked mm-hmm. yeah so um i i don't that kind of takes me to the end of everything. I don't really have anything else to say. If, if you guys have anything else you want to throw in here, um, super excited. I, so I, I guess we have been confirmed for season two and three at this point. So um, we did that. 
We, we did, did that. that. It was all yeah. us, um, which is amazing. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's so many characters. I'm sure there's great ones we actually missed, if I'm being honest. There, Immortal there so being many... Abraham Lincoln? Yeah, that's a great. That was pretty great. When I, was that teased? When Immortal when... was being brought back to life, they went through his life. They flash forward, and he was Abraham Lincoln. They saw. <laughs> they showed the, him getting assassinated, and it was like. <laughs> oh okay but the worst part is is he's immortal so he wasn't yeah. like i'm fine everyone i'll still be the president he like <laughs> died for a while i guess i don't know but uh yeah it's a really great show i wasn't expecting to i was expecting to enjoy it i wasn't expecting to fall in love with it like i did i think that's the best way to put it i yeah. thoroughly enjoy i just enjoy that in western animation at least there's this kind of show for like a, a kid to tween audience. Yeah. Young justice, teen Titans, what all the DC animated cartoons. Um, or the only other option is like Rick and Morty family guy. And this is carving up a little more space in the adult um, like audience animation viewing world i think and that's our niche mm -hmm. we love that we love adult animation and so this is this is new it's it's the boys but animated it, yeah like you mm -hmm. said i couldn't have said it better yeah. so i won't even try um i love the action in it i think if you're debating whether you want to get into it look up the 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 omni-man yeah. guardians uh fight scene it's on twitter just that clip it's a couple minutes long it doesn't spoil too much because that's in the first episode. Mm -hmm. um, the, the animation quality or like the, the fight choreography, all that is, I would say, on par with like a Dragon Ball Z. So um, I think it's a like a pretty good step forward. I don't think we've seen a lot of innovation or advancement in like mm. Western animation in a while. So yeah. there's a lot to love about this show. And for me too, I think a big thing that it's just nice to see is just like shows pushing for representation like having mm. an asian actor voice an asian superhero and like in the comics it was a lot more male heavy and i'm glad they have adapted with the times you give debbie this story arc that she doesn't have in the the comics you give um certain characters were gender but i believe like shrinking ray was a was a man in the comics but now they made it a female uh green ghost mm. was a male in the comics and is now a female so it's like they're like showing that it's not just a male heavy superhero world which is mm -hmm. nice and, and it's important important yes yeah i think uh evan you touched on something that was very good because you see these categories on streaming services and they're called adult animation and you mm -hmm. go there and it's all shows with crude humor, which mm -hmm. I appreciate that stuff, but it's very limited in that way. There's, yes. there isn't a whole lot. Um, I, I think I, I have to point out primal. That's, that's probably my favorite, like adult animation outside of like the typical family guy type stuff. Um, but yeah, I want to see more stuff like this. And um, I, I think Amazon is really trying to like that. That was their goal. They knew what they were doing with this show. And they like, they said that like they wanted this show to be more for adults, obviously, and not be like everything else that's provided to us. So mm -hmm. mm. well said, that's great. Yeah. Um, it, but yeah, it hits a good I guess spot. Like, oh, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say it hits a good spot for me because one, I will consume any 
superhero content. Same. I could live. I could only watch superhero shows from now until the the end of time. Yeah. But so much of the animated stuff is just infantilizing. Like mm-hmm. Young Justice, I can just. I mean, it's okay. I've never been able to get into it just because it's so clearly for a younger audience. And like, I like a show that because there are shows that are for kids that um, don't, you know, water themes or uh, like water things down for the audience, even if it's for a younger audience. Over the garden wall. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cough, cough. Yeah. Well, that kind of that brings me into something I wanted to do here, and I'm kind of blindsiding you guys. Uh, a, a way to put put a button on the end of the show. He's gonna uh, murder us. Yeah. This is the hook, guys. This is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, got close, close. Um, but no, this is a blindside. But one thing I know we don't have. We're getting really close to the end here, um, push, pushing our time on it. But I want to say we have. Usually we do news stories and recommendations. We'll cut the news stories out this week. But what I do want to do, we got the two dudes that watch cartoons. We're talking about an animated show. I would like to go to Circle real quick and everybody recommend one animated property that you think that people should watch. Um, And I'll start out because I watched something today. um, And I'll let you guys think while I'm talking uh, because this is a blind side. But uh, there's a new show. There's a new movie on Netflix. It's called The Mitchells versus Machines. And it is made by Sony Animations. And yeah. mm-hmm. this is the type of show, because I watch it with my kids, right? And it's the type, usually there's a sh- there's like an in-between there, right? There's like uh, an animated movie that I really want to watch that's not going to interest my kids. And then there's an animated movie that will interest my kids, but won't interest me. This was the type of movie that I was able mm-hmm. to sit down with my kids, and they, they loved it, and then I loved it mm-hmm. too. Um, Sony Pictures Animations, who, it's Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who are also behind... Uh, Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse, which uh, that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite animated movies of all time. It's got very similar animation style. It's almost, it's, I'd almost though compare it more to like Scott Pilgrim. It's got a lot of, it's very comic booky in that way. Yeah. Um, so it's very lighthearted. It's not the adult animation, but I watched that this morning and I really enjoyed it. So that is, that is my, uh, my animated recommendation this week. Love it. Does anybody we will else check have that anything? out. We had heard about it. We're going to check that out. It's good. There's yeah, a, there's, I'll say this. There's uh, no spoilers, but it's mm-hmm. all about machines and them coming to life and taking over the world. Like that's the very basic premise. And I just want to say, uh, I just want to tease. There is a very iconic machine that comes to life, and it is it is one of the best things I've seen in movies this year. That's all I got to say. Okay, interesting. Huh. You've piqued my interest. Okay. Yes. You'll know what I'm talking about when you see it. It, it is crazy. <laughs> okay. It is crazy. Um, I have a recommendation. Uh, it's something I watched recently. Uh, it's called The Legend of Hei, H-E-I. Um, and in the world of animation, there is Western and there's basically anime, Japanese animation. Nowadays, South Korea has made a name for itself with is a pretty format, formidable um force in the world of animation uh the avatar series are animated there i think voltron was probably too um they're doing some of the netflix stuff uh uh i am chinese chinese animation has never been anything to write home about there hasn't really been an industry thriving there but there, uh in recent years um more and better quality uh films are coming out and legend of hey is one that I think was based on a popular web series or like a flash animated series. 
Um, but if you like things like Dragon Ball Z um, and, and just like Naruto or like fight animes or Avatar even, um, some of the greatest fight animation I've seen in a while. This movie came out like 2019 and the English dub just came out and is on Amazon. I think it's only for purchase. You could probably pirate it somewhere. Um, <laughs> we don't recommend that though. Yeah. That for legal purposes, this is all a joke. Um, but it's some of the best fight choreography I've seen in a while. And it's very beautifully animated, very expansive world building that isn't always explained super well. So if you're okay with like a undercooked, but like very expansive world, <laughs> it's like pretty interesting. Um, and I, it's like, yeah, there's not a whole lot of like Chinese animated properties that you can uh, like really root for. And so now that there is one, it's like, hey, okay being Chinese myself, like I can have some pride in like this thing that we put out. <laughs> Tommy, you go for it. All right. Well, other than what I mentioned before, over the garden wall, everyone should check that out always yeah. uh, ever. Uh, you know, I think I mentioned it before, but I'll mention it again over the garden wall, just phenomenal one season. It literally feels like a movie. It takes you an hour and a half, I think to watch. Uh, and mm-hmm. once you watch it, go listen to me, Evan, and Alex talk about it on uh, Two Dudes Plus Tommy watching cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great show. I always say that's a seasonal show, though. I think you should always watch that in the fall it, because it's a very fall show. But yeah. top 10 recommended. Um, I'll recommend something we did talk about earlier just because it's new out. Um, everyone should go watch Infinity Train. It's on HBO Max. It's very good. Um, if you like mystery, start with season one. Uh, you'll be confused f- for a good portion of it. And then first eight of ten episodes. Yeah. And then after that, it's just constant world building. And it's it's really strong. One of my favorite new shows that I've watched in the last year. So season four just came out a, a, about a couple weeks ago. And like I said, that's on HBO Max. It's a good watch. Awesome. Well, uh, Alex and Evan, thank you guys so much for doing this. I'll, I'll give you guys a second. If you just want to talk about your podcast or plug your Twitters or whatever, whatever you want to do, um, go for it. I mean, we, we co-host a podcast, two dudes watch cartoons where the two of us watch cartoons and then talk about them. Yeah. We had Tommy on in the past <laughs> and we are planning to have the Stark Wars uh, duo on with us in the future. Yeah, we're planning on doing Into the Spider-Verse. So if you're a big fan of that, you guys should come check that out. That's going to be out, I would say, in the near future. We don't have an exact date, but we're going to watch that. So give it a watch, and you can uh, review it along with us. Great movie. We've actually reviewed it in the past, but that podcast never made the day of <laughs> light. The, yeah, yeah, so we're draft. excited to redo it with you guys <laughs> because you guys are the Marvel experts. So we're excited for that one. And and I think it was perfect that you guys announced it on the invincible preview. Cause uh, fun fact, there is a crossover in the comics with invincible and uh, Spider-Man. He goes over to the Marvel universe. It's crazy. I, that's crazy. I had no idea. I've never heard this. That's awesome. It, it's wild. No, I, so it's just, it's just serendipitous that wow. you would uh, have us on to the Spider-Man. Who would have known? Not yes, me. That's great. What a crossover we have here. Yeah yes hey is this a crossover episode uh well good stuff thank you guys for having us on this was a lot of fun i'm glad we got to cover you with this Mm -hmm. it's perfect timing because we literally just watched the finale last night so it's great yes so uh i will say real quickly at the end of the show again i'll have two dudes watch cartoons in the show notes so be sure to subscribe to them 
But I also want to give a thank you to Aaron Robertson, who did our music to kick us off, and Ethan Kellum, who created our awesome logo. You can also find their social media handles in the show notes. I'd also like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes. And uh, look, uh, tell us uh, five stars, yeah. Preferably uh, five stars. uh, But yeah, I'll let you just be honest. You know, be honest with us. (laughs) And uh, if if you're going to go below five, give us some constructive feedback, you know, but preferably Mm -hmm. not. Um, also, I just like to remind you guys to tell a friend, uh, invisible. I think it captures the hearts and minds of a lot of people. So if you know somebody that might be interested in this, let them know about it. Um, but that's all I got for us guys. And, uh, Alex and Evan, thanks again for joining us. Tommy, always a pleasure to see you week to week. Um, and that's all I got. So we will see you guys next time. Thanks. Bye. 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 Three stars. You guys should have murdered.